something a little bit different than Hebrews today. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And we're going to talk, really, we're talking about why Jesus is worthy. And so, um, I, bl I believe God desires to encourage us today. I think we've had a difficult week in a lot of different ways. I think we have a difficult year and a half or so now. And I believe God wants to encourage us, and I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us to persevere and continue on with the fight, but also be very much aware of everything that God has done for us already. Because even though the world may be going to hell, so to speak, God is still in charge, Amen. and we are still truly blessed. And if he were to take everything away, I hope we could say like Job, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. But he has been so gracious to us. His mercies are new every morning. Lamentations 3, 22, 23. Every morning he gives us encouragement and he wants to give us encouragement today from his word today. So I hope you've turned to Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 14 one of my favorite sections of scripture i love to share this with new christians when they become new believers in christ and you meet with them for the first time to have a quiet time you sit down and you go through these verses 3 through 14 and it just is such a blessing for them to know everything or at least some of the things that god has done for us and given to us because of our faith and trust in christ but I'm here to share it with you today and myself to be encouraged by it. So let's go ahead and stand for this reading uh, of God's word. And you listen to the words closely and pay attention to what they say. And my sermon today really is going to a lot be going verse by verse down through here. So no surprises today, just a lot of good stuff that God has done for us. And really what our response should be to him as well. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself, as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time that we have to set aside reading these 11 verses or so, which are so inspirational to us, so filled with hope and promise and really of the grace and love that you have for us, that you have shown to us. So help us to understand a little bit in these verses of what you have done for us and what you have given for us. And help us to be appreciative for that and help us also be able to say, blessed be the Lord. We ask all these things in Christ's name, amen. amen. Well, the title of this is Every Spiritual Blessing, but really the focus of this message is not so much on ourselves, but the focus of this message is in our God. Our God is to be blessed, amen? Yes. He is to be blessed. I love the very first words of, of verse number three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Our God is to be blessed. And that word blessed really is derived from the same Greek word for eulogy, which means to praise or to commend. And John MacArthur says that this praising or commending of God is the supreme duty of all creatures. That includes us, right? So if you ever wonder, what is my purpose in the world? God may have several different purposes, but his main purpose is that you be for the praise of his glory. And that says that several times throughout our scripture, and we'll get to some of those in just a few minutes. But we are to praise him, and we might say, well, what do we have to praise God for? Well, first of all, for who he is. He is our creator, he is our sustainer, he is our friend, he is our Lord and our master. He is worthy of our praise. Answering the question to the song, Bill, is he worthy? And I appreciate you for picking that song because he is worthy for who he is. He's our creator, he is our sustainer, and all of our allegiance is due to him because of that. But not only for who he is, but for what he has done for us. And we know what Jesus has done for us. We've talked about that many times, but I never really get tired of repeating it, right? <laughs> and I hope you don't get tired of hearing it. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, came and dwelt among us. And he sacrificed himself on our behalf. He lived a life like most of us, except he lived a life without sin. Think of that. Think of the, not only the miracle that that is, but the fortitude it must have taken him, being actually a person, to live a life without sin, to live a whole life without sin, never having a stray thought, a cross thought against anyone else, never tattling on his brothers and sisters, never disobeying his parents in any way. He, he was the perfect person, and he lived that life for us. And he lived it in such a way that he could die on the cross for our sins. And he went to the cross, and he died on our sins, or died for our sins, and he paid the penalty for all those who had placed their faith and their trust in him. And not only did he die on the cross, but he rose from the dead, and he lives forevermore, amen? And he rose to be seated at the right hand of God, and he sits there now until his enemies will be made a footstool for his feet. And so he's done much for us, 
But that doesn't, that counts for what he actually did for us, but the benefits that we receive are what we're looking at here in verses three through 14 and what we are going to talk about. And this I think is why we want to bless the Lord. This is why I think Paul starts this out by saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, amen? amen. You could see that right in verse number three. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Folks, I'm not even sure I can describe what this is. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really say all the blessings that we will receive in heaven. We know that we have blessings here on this earth. We know that God is going to provide for us. We know that we can always count on him. We know that he is going to answer our prayers. But these are blessings that are stored up in heaven for us. And we have every spiritual blessing. It doesn't say that anything is left out at all. God is very extravagant, extravagant toward us. He doesn't hold back when he gives things to his sons and his daughters. He has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Some of those we'll see, some of those we will not see, I don't think until we get to glory and see him face to face. But our God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And he is going to continue to bless us. And I believe he's going to continue to bless our church as we continue on during this difficult time in our nation and in our world. Why bless the Lord? Well, for one thing, our God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. He didn't wait to come up with a plan to save us, but because of his love, he planned for our salvation from the very beginning. And this is something that is very difficult for our minds to accept but somehow, before the foundation of the world, according to Scripture, He chose us in Christ to be saved. He elected us is another term. He elected us. He chose us to be saved. He did not leave our salvation by chance. He didn't leave it up to our own doing. He didn't count on our good works to save us, but He carefully planned each step of our salvation, first of all, by predestinating us to salvation and electing and choosing us. This, of course, is all by grace. Amen? Amen? It's all by grace. That's one reason why God put this plan together is that it could be by grace and that we can take no credit for it. We must give all the glory and honor to him. So I say, blessed be the Lord for his plan of salvation. Our God planned for us not only to be saved, but to be holy and blameless before him. This is a great gift that is given to us, that we be holy and blameless. And it means that he purchased everything on the cross that we need for salvation, even our holiness and our righteousness or blamelessness. His plan included the requirements of our salvation purchased by Christ on the cross. We know that salvation comes through faith. Faith is a gift from God purchased by Christ on the cross. We know that in order to stand before a holy God, we must be holy ourselves. That is a gift that we receive through Jesus Christ that he purchased on the cross for us. We know that in order to stand before God, we must have righteousness. And this is a righteousness that Christ purchased for us. 
We know that it's not our own righteousness that, that saves us, but it's what Martin Luther called an alien righteousness. It's a righteousness outside of ourselves. And that righteousness comes to us through Christ when we receive him as a gift, when we receive salvation as a gift. It's just amazing, really, if you stop and think about it. Are you amazed right now? I know you're, maybe you're not amazed, but I'm, I'm just amazed that he has done all of this for us as a gift given to us. He remits all, all of the requirements, and he gives it to us as a gift. Our God planned and brought about our adoption as his sons and daughters. God was not content in us being his servants. We are his servants, amen? We are his servants. But he was not content in leaving us as servants. He wanted us to be part of his very family. And so he brought about our adoption as his sons and daughters. James, John 1.12 says, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. We are adopted into his family. And God desires a personal relationship with him for all who trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I say that, and, you know, I've said it many times before, but what does it mean to have a personal relationship? What is the value of having a personal relationship with God? It's immeasurable, right? Yes. It's immeasurable. We think of wanting to know people, maybe certain celebrities, and maybe getting to spend some time with them. And maybe that's all right, I guess, depending on who the celebrity is or who the politician is or whoever. But to have a relationship with the creator of the universe is just blows my mind. Amen. I can't get over it. And sometimes I don't know even how to enjoy that relationship, to be honest, because it's, it's such an awesome thing that he gives us that personal relationship. But he does. He wants us to have a personal relationship. He wants us to have a conversation during our lifetime. As we go through life, as we go to work, as we go to wherever it is we do our hobbies, wherever he wants to go alongside with us and talk with us through the way, being a friend to us and having a personal relationship with us. We have all been blessed by this amazing grace. Look at number six. Number six is an important verse in the verses that we've been reading. It says to the praise, well, let's go back. He predestined us for adoption to himself through, uh, as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. We have been blessed beyond measure because of his grace and because of that we are to be praising of his glorious grace. So many times I think, uh, I think that when we think of, about sharing Christ with someone it always has to be this plan. It always has to be like the bridge illustration or it has to be uh, four spiritual laws or it has to be the G-O-S-P-E-L illustration. But a lot of sharing about Christ is just telling people of his grace, how graceful he has been, how merciful he has been to us. And he has been gracious to us, right? And merciful to us. Because we know what we are like without Christ. I mean, I don't know you, but I know myself. Uh, 
I try sometimes to go back and think, what would my life have been without Christ? It would not have been pretty. It would not have been pretty. I know myself. It would not have been pretty. And I know some of you, if you're honest with yourself, would say the same thing. It would not be pretty. It would be messy. And life is always going to be messy, but sometimes when we go the other direction from God, we bring the mess upon ourselves, and I know my life would have been messy. That's why I can say that he has been merciful to me, and I am amazed by his grace. Grace is God giving us something wonderful that we do not deserve. And mercy is God withholding his judgment from us, even though I deserve it. And we have been an avalanche of grace. That's why I, lo I love the verse, I think it's verse 8, it says that all of this has been lavished upon us. It's not, it's not a little bit of grace, it's lavish grace that has been upon us, given upon us. And so he goes on, he says, not only have we, we've seen this amazing grace, but we have been redeemed. We have been redeemed. Write that down somewhere. We have been redeemed. Redeemed comes from, really in the Bible, it comes all the way back to the people of Israel in bondage to Egypt. And God wanted to bring them out of Egypt, and he did at a great price. And Jesus, for us, has paid that price. The blood of Jesus shed on the cross was the price of our redemption. Redemption just means to buy something back. And so God and the nation of Israel delivered the people from their bondage. He redeemed them, and he wants to redeem us as well. And he is redeeming us if we placed our faith and trust in Christ. We have been bought with a price and so we are to glorify God in our body. That's 1 Corinthians 6.20. You were bought with a price, you were redeemed, so glorify God in your body. And by that, I think it means that we are to live in such a way and speak in such a way that we always give glory and honor to God. Uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, I'll be starting school again. I'm going to be teaching at uh, Ambassador Christian Academy in Mount Carmel, just one class, uh, 40 minutes long on Tuesday, 40 minutes long on Thursday. So it's not a big t time requir requirement, but uh, our headmaster asked us to come up with a verse for each class. And I decided that ours would be, I think it's 1 Corinthians, uh, I forgot now, 1031? I think it's 1031. Uh, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So think about that verse and think about our redemption that we have been bought for a price and we glorify God in our body. Think about that verse. It's talking about the everyday mundane things like eating and drinking. Even our eating and drinking should be done for the glory of God. How much more so should our hobbies, our jobs, our everything else that we do be done for the glory of God. And we do it because we have been redeemed out of a thankfulness for God. Not only have we been redeemed, but we have been forgiven of our trespasses. We have been forgiven of our trespasses. Which ones? Which ones, guys? All of them. 
right? All of them, past, present, future, all of them have been forgiven when you believe and you trust in Christ. Listen to Colossians 2, verses 13 to 14. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. I get chills when I read that. I get chills when I read that. Canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. That's exactly what happened. Our sins nailed to the cross of, of Jesus Christ. He paid the, pit, the penalty, and he paid it for us, for those who would believe and trust in him, so that we could have our sins forgiven. Stop and think about that. What should be our response to that type of forgiveness? How should, we, how should we respond to God? Do we continue on in sin? No. We don't continue on in sin. That's what some would teach. That's what some taught during the time of Paul. They said God is going to be glorified much because if you continue in your sin and he for, continues to forgive you, then he is going to be glorified in that. And that's not what Paul says. It's not what the Bible says. Paul in the, Paul in the Bible says that if you've been saved from sin, then you no longer are mastered by sin. You no longer continue in your sin. He has forgiven us all of our sins. That is true. But we, we don't continue to sin. We go the other direction because of our great love for him and our thankfulness to him. Speaking about forgiveness, how should, we, how should that relate to others in our church, in our families? We forgive God forgives. Yeah, we forgive the same way God forgives, right? <laughs> we forgive the same way God forgives. We forgive all other sins. We don't hold grudges. We don't use a silent treatment. Something I've been convicted about. I'm good at that. I can be good at that. But it's not right. We should forgive. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus. We looked at this when we did the Sermon on the Mount. It's been several years ago. But Jesus said, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's kind of a serious statement, right? Yes. That's a very serious statement. And you might say, well, I thought, you know, I thought salvation was based on faith and trust in Christ, not my ability to be able to forgive. But the two go hand in hand. If you understand the extent to which you are, have been forgiven, then you are going to forgive others of their sin. So thank you, Charlotte, for finding that for me. But he has forgiven all of our sins, and that's one thing we can bless him for today. God has made known to us his plan to unite all things through Christ. All things eventually are going to be united together in heaven. Amen? Amen. Jews, Gentiles, black, whites, Asians, 
all ethnic groups, all who believe and trust in Jesus Christ will be united in Christ and be together in heaven. God has given us an inheritance. An inheritance? How in the world do we, do we deserve an inheritance? Well, we don't. But Christ does, right? Christ, in, he, he deserves an inheritance. As God's son, he inherits everything, and he has decided to share that with us. Amen. He has shared that with us. All the riches of Christ, an eternal home, an eternal family, all the blessings of a life in heaven, on the new heavens and the new earth, we will be part of that. Not only will we have an inheritance, we will rule over parts of that, I believe. And then finally, maybe the greatest blessing of all, God has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. He has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. Here's what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit, at least as far as salvation. When you believe and trust in Jesus Christ, at that moment, the Holy Spirit comes in and resides within your heart. He has quickened you. You were dead in your trespasses, but you are now alive, and you have believed and trusted in Jesus Christ. And he is given as a deposit guaranteeing our eventual eternal salvation. So it's guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, then you can be assured that you have eternal life. But you also have God's presence every day. God's presence every day. That's amazing that we have God's presence every day to talk to, to empower us. And the Holy Spirit does empower us to live the Christian life and to use the gifts that he gives us for the good of the church. If you are here today and you believe and trust in Christ, you have gift, a gift or gifts from the Holy Spirit. It might be teaching, it might be serving, it might be uh, administration, it could be a gift of faith, it could be a gift of healing, uh, could be on and on and on, the gifts that he gives to us today. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's our response to this? We'll close with this. God's plan for us is to be for the praise of his glorious grace. It's said very, many different times in the scripture. How do you know what a scripture main theme is? Well, a lot of times by how often it's, re, it's repeated. Verse 6, we are to be for the praise of his glorious grace. Are you thankful for Christ today? Amen. Amen. My prayer and hope in this message is that we go away and we be encouraged. And I think he has encouraged us today. Possibly there may be someone here today who's never received Christ as their Lord and Savior. And uh, today could be that day for you. It can be that day for you. If you turn away from your sin and trust in Jesus Christ, who's paid the penalty for our sin, believe and trust in him, you can have eternal life. If there's one here today, I would just ask that you make that decision. Follow him in baptism. Follow him in church membership. And uh, let's be very thankful today. As we leave this place, be thankful for what God has done for us. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for um, us as a church together who could work 
putting this sermon out there and thankful to Charlotte for finding those verses and other people who contribute with their amens. And Father, we want nothing more but to know your word and to love you and to glorify you in all of our all aspects of our life. We pray that you would help us to do that. Pray that you would help us to know that we've been redeemed and purchased by the blood of Christ, that we have received forgiveness and that we should be the most forgiving of people. Father, uh, pray that if there's a person here today who needs Christ, that they would surrender their life to Christ today and they will never regret it. And they'll be on the beginning of a new eternal life and a relationship with you that will last forever. Thank you for this time. Thank you for uh, our ability to hear your scripture today and respond to it. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.